0: Honk if you love Jesus. Honk! Um, How you doing, folks? Honk if you love the Harlan Highway. Honk, honk! Thank you. Um, I'm Harlan Williams. You are on the Harlan Highway podcast. And what a show we have today. As you know, the election is tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm not going to be talking about politics per se in terms of who I'm voting for or want to vote for as you'll find out i'm just gonna be talking about the election in general and and you know my my thoughts on it the process um and then we're gonna get into uh even more important stuff there's a new type of pizza on the market that needs to be talked about um i'm gonna be talking about the uh the fall the season that we're in and all the wonderful things that come with the fall season. And uh, I'm also going to be talking about, I'm very excited about this. At the end of the show, I'm going to be giving you my first announcement about my new stand-up comedy special. Um, I got to tell you, this thing is going to be different beyond any comedy special you have ever watched or seen it's, it's different. Stick around. At the end of the show, I'm going to tell you why it's different. And, uh, I'm excited. So, uh, put on your nostril hats. Cause here we go. This is the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Relax. Get ready to have fun. Wow. What we've got here is failure to communicate. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Uh-oh. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. This is Harland Williams. I'm a human being. God damn it! Oh, flush that toilet. Flush it. Uh, well, tomorrow is the big day, gang. Uh, Erection Day. Wait, what did I say? Elec- election Day. Uh, that'd be that'd be something if we had erection day. Um, wow, that would be that would be a tough day for people getting, uh, you know, on on and off the subway, uh, getting in and out of elevators, um, going through turnstiles, climbing ladders might be difficult on on erection day. Um, you know, laying down on your stomach. Uh, might be tough um, just all kinds of problems so let's not have an, an erection day Let, let's talk about election day uh, are you gonna vote have you decided who, you, who your guy is uh, are you ambivalent are you are you like screw it I don't care um I don't know Where, where's your head at um, did did you uh, buy into uh, Obama's uh, campaign pitches? Did you buy into uh, Mitt Romney's campaign pitches? What do you think? What, who do you think's gonna do a better job? Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. And then the bigger question becomes: Does the does the needle really move at all, depending on who you vote for? Um. You know, I mean, you, you look at Obama and all the things he said before he got elected—how he was going to lower the deficit and cut it in half, and and fix unemployment and do all this stuff—and uh, much of it's the, the same, if not, it's actually worse. A lot of it's worse. But all these, uh, all these claims, all these proclamations. Uh, but what happens is uh, any uh, incoming president, as we all know, inherits the problems uh, that are already there. So uh, can Mitt Romney uh, can Mitt Romney um, come in if he wins and just uh, clean everything up in four years? I, I don't think it's likely. I would, I would uh, like to say that Hazard uh, guess that he has a little bit more know-how when it comes to uh, financial matters. I mean, that, that's in his wheelhouse. But, uh, you know, you're talking about astronomical numbers. You're talking about trilli- trillions of dollars. Can you get your head around the, the, a trillion? Can you really get your head around, like, one trillion, the, the meaning of a trillion? It's huge. It's just huge. Let's put it in perspective. Trillion. Okay? The word trillion. Um, In the U.S., one trillion is written as the number one, followed by 12 zeros. Okay? Twelve zeros. How big was your paycheck? How big was your last paycheck? How many zeros were in your last paycheck? Were there 11? Were there 10? Were there even 3? <laughs> I mean, 12 zeros? That's a little bit huge. That is a, a huge number. Um, so I don't know. It's a big day. Um, and I don't mean to be pessimistic. Um, but uh, you gotta wonder does Does much really change? I, I guess it does. I guess uh, incrementally, but um, each president seems to have to adopt the policy of the president before them to a degree, and uh, you know it's, it's a lot of a lot of uh, campaign promises and a lot of uh, fanfare. But at the end of the day, things don't really seem to fluctuate that much. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Who, who do you think's going to do it? I think it's interesting that uh, Romney is so close to uh, Obama. That, uh, that could be a telling sign. The fact that things are kind of tied... Um, You know, that probably doesn't bode well for Obama that uh, the race is so very close, it seems, all over the place. If you've been watching the polls, if you've been uh, following the coverage, Uh, it seems like that could be an ominous sign. But uh, who knows, man? That's the beauty of it. You just don't know. In fact, I, I, I find it kind of annoying that uh, these pollsters and these newscasters and all these places have have the ability to break, break it all down. They break it down by region, by borough, by neighborhood, by street. They seem to know how people are going to vote and who they're going to vote for. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of disheartening, you know. I feel like an election should just be a big surprise. It's like there's, uh, you know, what is it, Uh, 33 million people in the United States? Or what am I saying, 33 million, 300 million people in the United States? And, you know, shouldn't it just be like willy-nilly, like, well, I'm going to go out and vote today. I like this guy. Um, I don't like it that they know these numbers. I don't like it that they know uh, what everyone's thinking, what everyone's doing. I don't, I don't like it that regions of the country um, copycat each other. I find it weird that a state goes, well, we've always been a democratic state. And then there's another state that goes, well, we've always been for the Republicans. I mean, it, it just seems like such a uh, flock mentality. You know, I just I just wish people would vote based on uh, what they see, what they feel, what they hear. And and we are in a situation where there's no way any poll or any survey or anything could figure out who was going to win. And by what percentage point and what number. I mean, I I'd, I'd love to see a uh, presidential race where one guy won like 80% to 20%. Or, uh, you know, it was really close and nobody saw it coming. But uh, the fact that, that they've uh, figured out all this kind of polling science and uh, demographic science, it's, it takes kind of the fun and the surprise out of out of the election. I wish it was more like a sporting event like baseball, where is it going to be 12 to 1? Is it going to be... 5-5, five, five. is it going to be 6-3? to You know, we just don't know what the margins are. And uh, I find it weird that certain parts of the country vote for a party or a candidate just because, well, that's what we've always done. We're, we're Republicans. That's how we vote. That's how my neighbor votes. That's how my sister votes. So that's how we're all going to vote. Well, we're Democrats, and this state's been democratic for the last four decades, and by God, we're going to keep it that way. It's like, wh- what's that prove? What's that attitude all about? It's like, vote for, for the person you like. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Uh, are you missing the point here, uh, folks? Do you remember it's uh, United States of America where freedom reigns supreme? You're free to decide to vote whoever, forever you want. You don't need to follow a pack or a trend or a popular opinion. Vote the way you want to vote, man. You know, God. And you see it in Hollywood all the time. It's no secret everyone there is a Democrat, you know. It's all these actors and all these uh, entertainment people. And I'm, I'm around them. You see it. You see it. The, the, they vote Democrat because all the other ones are voting that way, you know? Like, well, George Clooney loves Obama, and Barbara Streisand loves Obama. Well, I, By golly, I love Obama, too. And then you get uh, people on the other side, like Clint Eastwood, who uh, stands up for what he believes in. But that's what I like. It's like you shouldn't be going with what the popular crowd thinks. That's a that's a that's a dangerous mentality. That's a dangerous mindset. Uh, follow your own instincts. Make your own uh, choices. And uh, you know, think at, at the very base. That's what elections are about. It's to uh, elect a leader to preserve the sanctity of the freest country in the world. Air quotes. Um, so there you go. It'll be interesting to see. Um, and uh, may the best man win. May your, your uh, choice, your candidate, do well. And uh, we'll, we'll know. We'll know uh, tomorrow. We'll know tomorrow uh, what, what the score is. So get out there and vote. Um, unfortunately, I can't vote. Um, I got kind of uh, stuck in... In a pickle here. I, I had to come up to uh, Canada to do some work, and uh, for some reason, I was under the impression you could vote uh, via the internet. And uh, I go online and I start looking around, and it turns out that, that we're not that sophisticated yet. We're not. We're not a uh, online voting country yet. And uh, with just a few days left, I found that out a little bit too late. And I'm going to be shut out of the process. Uh, so that's a bummer. But, uh, you know, next year I'll uh, I'll be more... Pre- or not next year, in four years, I'll be more prepared. And <laughs> I'll make sure I kind of do my research instead of waiting <laughs> for four days before the election. What the hell's wrong with me? Um... So there you go. It's exciting, man. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. So get out there and vote while I'm sitting in a coffee shop having a hot chocolate and eating a donut, I guess. God, the hell? The Harland Highway. So let's talk about things that are gross. I'm not talking about picking your nose and stuff like that. Here, Here's something that never ceases to amaze me. Every... Every few months, every half year or so, they find the geniuses in the pizza industry find something new to stuff in the crust of the pizza. Okay? As if pizza isn't greasy and gooey enough with cheese and toppings and all that crap. All of a sudden, they figure, well, what else can we stuff in there? What else can we uh, do to make this uh, this pizza even worse for you than it already is? I know. Let's uh, let's hollow out the crust and shove something in there, man. So for a while, it was a p- 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 uh, mozzarella cheese. They would stick. You could, you could get a pizza with mozzarella cheese in the crust, man. Okay. Um, and it just, I don't think it really took off. I mean, it would look gross. It's like, personally, I don't even eat the crust. Okay. That's just too much dough for me. I, I eat the triangle. I start at the top of the triangle, eat my way down to the base of the crust. And then I leave the crust to me. The pizza crust is like the crust on, on bread on a sandwich. Who eats the crust? I don't want no, I ain't want no crust player. Step back, player. I ain't want no cross. I, I, I ain't need no cross, player. What's up? Step back with your cross, player. Player don't need no cross. <laughs> uh, so here's the new one. Here's the new one that's probably going to make you go and grab a, a glad garbage bag and fill it up with puke. Uh, I just saw this brand new Pizza commercial where they are now sticking a hot dog in the pizza crust. They shoved a wiener <laughs> into the pizza crust, man. I mean, what in the name of hell? You know I'm hungry, man. I'm hungry. Uh, what can I eat? Uh, I feel like some junk food, but I'm torn, man. I'm I'm torn between pizza And like hot dogs. Man, I wish there was a way I could have both, man. Wait a minute. What if I stuff this wiener into the pizza crust? And then I can eat it all at once. It's kind of like that old commercial for Reese's peanut butter cups. Right? You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. What a wonderful taste. So now somebody stuck a wiener. You got wiener in my pepperoni pizza. You've got pepperoni pizza on my wiener. That sounded wrong. Um 3 4. Uh, so so there you go. America, I hope you're happy. You know, it always is amazing it's always amazing to me. I always think we've come to the end of the junk food line. Years ago, I saw something called a deep-fried Twinkie, where they de- actually deep-fry a Twinkie, for God's sakes. And you think, okay, that's it. We're at the end of the junk line. There's not much more you can do after you deep-fry a Twinkie. Hello! Here we go. Shove your wiener up my pizza slice. Hello! Sounds disgusting, looks disgusting, tastes Disgusting. Man, you just shove your weed in my crust. Yeah, that's right. What you going to do about it, player? I'm going to eat it. That's what I'm going to do. You shove a weed in my crust, i go eat that crust. Player. <laughs> I got to tell you. I don't know if any of you have tried it. If you're planning on trying it, you, I know you. I know my listeners. I know some of you are gonna order it now just because I brought it up, and you're like, "No way, man! I got to try the crust. I got to try the the hot dog crust." I know one of you or two of you will do it just as a goof, and I want you to write me at harlowilliams.com and uh, tell us about the experience. We'll we'll put it in the. Uh, We'll put it in the letter, uh, listener, the, 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 what is it? The listener mailbag, the letter mailbag, or if you want to call, you can call. Gotta know what it's like to eat the hot dog crust. Um, and speaking of which, I should just go order one right now. What, what the hell am I doing talking to you guys? I, I gots to order me some crust, playa. Oh, this is so exciting. You know what else is exciting? The fall. Yeah, that's right. We're in the middle of the fall. And wherever you are, I'm sure all the leaves have turned colors or they're changing colors. Unless you live in California where the trees stay the same color all year. Boring! But if you live anywhere else pretty much, uh, you're probably in for just a show. Nature puts on a show when the uh, when the, the colors of the leaves start to change, man. It is awesome that they turn, knob. Uh, they, they, they turn colors you almost don't think exist in nature, but these brilliant yellows and crimson reds and purples and oranges and just amazing. It's like a bouquet of beauty. Kind of like my face. What? Um, and then the leaves turn colors, beautiful, bright, Bouncy colors, and then they fall from the the trees, and they just lay on the road and get run over by cars. How sad. But at least when they go out, when they die, they're beautiful, right? And wouldn't it be nice if when we fell down, us human beings, we turned colors? Because falling down is embarrassing. We've all tripped. We've all tripped over a step or a doormat or something like that, right? Right? And you're just laying on the ground like an idiot. Oh, I did that on purpose, man. I didn't mean, um, yeah, uh, uh, what? I didn't, nothing happened, what? And the only color we turn is maybe from embarrassment we turn red, right? Maybe you got a little blush cheeks or whatever, but I just wish we'd turn a really bright color like a leaf. You know, a leaf turns a beautiful color and falls. We should do the same thing and instead of people pointing, "Look at the idiot. He fell. <laughs> Dumbass, clumsy, butterfingers." <sighs> instead of that, you know, people are just like, "Oh my god, look how beautiful that person is. Look at oh, Look at their glowing, they're radiant. Oh my god, look at they're just Someone get a camera. Get a picture of them. They're just Beautiful, laying on the ground. Oh, a truck just ran over them like a leaf. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, not buying it? Right. Okay, moving on. Uh, but fall is a cool time of year, man. Fall's the time of year, I don't know if you young men out there feel it, and maybe you young women, but I, I always feel this kind of invigoration in the fall. And I don't know if it, if, it's, uh, it's, if it's a thing that's built into our DNA. Kind of the way a lot of animals in the fall uh, go through their mating rituals or they get aggressive before they go into hibernation or they get all bulked up. A lot of animals get bulked up on food before the snows come. And I wonder if that's a, a chemical reaction in humans where when the fall comes, the, the cold, crisp air starts to make its way into our system, penetrate our lungs, go down our throat, uh, whistle through our skin, right? You got to wonder if, if there's some kind of uh, instinctive reaction where, where humans get friskier and get kind of on a punch a tree, you know? I don't know. Am I the only one that feels that way? I get all invigorated. Get invigorated. You ever ever see a dog when you throw a dog in a lake or a pool or a dog goes in swimming? Or even if you you give your dog a, a bath? They hate it while they're in the water. Not all dogs, but a lot of dogs hate it when they're in the bath. But the minute you let them out and dry them off... They just get this thing where they're really invigorated. They start running around in circles and playing and they roll on their backs on the carpet and they just go nuts. And uh, I think that's the same feeling we get uh, us humans get when the fall comes around in the spring. It's a little more like of a sexy like uh, frisky feeling right like you want to you want to. You want to get it on, let's get it on, right? But the fall is more of a spunky, like, kind of aggressive, like, grrr, gah, type of thing, whatever that means. That's kind of like tribal language. Um, so there you go. Uh, fall, beautiful time of year, beautiful leaves, leaves falling down, changing color, humans falling down not changing color uh but i hope you have a nice frisky fall um and uh, we're coming up on the new year and i want to tell you i gotta tell you speaking of nature okay i've been uh, chomping at the bit to tell you about this little treat Um uh, my last comedy special was probably god i don't know maybe three years ago at a comedy special out called what a treat and since then, I've been working on all new material and, uh, and uh, you know, getting, getting ready for my next special. And uh, my producers, these producers came to me and said, uh, Harlan, let's go. Let's shoot another uh, one-hour comedy special. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And they are like, anything you want, Harland, any theater in the country, you pick it. You can pick it in New York. You can pick it in Atlanta. You can pick it in a small little town in the middle of the prairies. You pick it. We're going to fly there. We're going to set it up. We'll put up neon signs, this, that. You know, it's going to be beautiful. And I went away, and I was excited about doing a special, but then... After I thought about it for a while, I realized I wasn't excited about doing a special. And I thought to myself, why? Why aren't I excited? I just had these guys make me this great offer. I could do a special wherever I want. You know, they're going to pay for everything. It's going to be great. And I realized, Lurdies and Finurdle Nerdens, that I've already done like 10 of those. I've done like 10 specials in theaters with the curtain and the velvet backdrop and the goofy backdrop and the spotlight and the crowd and the people clapping and the thing and the thing and the wing ding. And folks, I'll tell you what, I was feeling uninspired. And I don't like that because, you know, comedy's my thing, stand up's my thing. Last thing I want to do is feel uninspired about my comedy. And it wasn't the comedy I was uninspired about. It was it was the venue. It was like I, I you know I wanna I wanna do something fresh. I wanna do something that has meaning to me. I wanna do something that inspires me, right? I, I what's the point of doing it in another theater? I've I, I've seen it. I know what's gonna happen. Everyone knows the net result. Does the world really need another Harlan Williams special in a theater? Does the world really need any special in a theater? and i thought i'm going to write a, i'm going to write a new routine about nature i'm going to write a routine about the real world why, why should my comedy be bottled up in a theater where only you know a thousand people can hear it and see it and there's walls around me and there's ceilings around me and there's it's dark i can't see anything it's in a dark depressing room there's a spotlight on me and there's a curtain hanging behind me and i was like i thought to myself you know stand up specials have been the same way since I've been alive. Every special I've ever seen has been in a theater. Nothing's changed. That's a long time, man. That's a long time. The the stand-up comedy specials have always been the same for all these years. And I thought, what do I want to do? Where where do I want to do my stand-up comedy special? And I said, I, I want to be in a place where there's, there's no walls, there's no ceilings, there's no restrictions. I want my comedy to just flow out across the land to, to the people, to whoever, whoever hears it. Let the whole world enjoy my comedy, right? And I don't want an audience. I don't, I don't want a crowd of a thousand people or four hundred people sitting there. And I don't want the camera cutting back and forth from me to the people laughing and clapping. And I, we've seen that. What do people need that to help them uh, know when to laugh? People can't just laugh on their own uh, on their own uh, sense of humor, their own triggers, their own uh, inclination. So here's what I did. And I know this is getting long winded, but I'm excited. Here's my new special. My new special is called Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. And I went to the producers and I said, guys, here's what I want to do I want to shoot my special on top of a giant hill in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the day, no darkness sunlight with no audience and they were like uh-huh what huh but after they got over that the producer said to me says you know I think this is the best phone call I've had all year and I could tell he was intrigued and I said before you sign off on it I said I want you to come and see the place I'd already picked out the place. I said, let's go look at it, and and then you decide, because that's where I want to do it. So we all, that weekend, we all got in a truck, in our different trucks. We had producers and cameramen and directors, and it was crazy. So I I led them on this convoy out into the middle of the desert (laughs) on a weekend, and I led them to this hill, and we climbed to the top of the hill, And I could tell right away they were like, uh, they were, uh, kind of confused, a little engrossed, maybe intrigued, curious, and they didn't say a lot. Each, each, uh, each person started walking around the top of this hill. You know, the, the director was holding up his fingers, framing up shots. And the producer was looking at, uh, the geography and, uh, the main producer was just standing there, kind of taking in the view. This, this hill has a, a view that goes all the way around. It just looks like you're in the middle of nothing, right? And I just kind of stood back, because I'd been there already, and I knew what I wanted. And I just stood back and watched them reacting. And it was beautiful, right? Because they were all like, I could see the wheels were turning. They were intrigued. Here they were faced for the first time in their career careers dealing with stand-up comedy and someone had thrown them a curveball here was this unrealistic impractical scenario that I had dropped in their laps and I wasn't sure if they were gonna say no or call me crazy or what so I just stood there and after about 10-15 minutes I could see they were all having a good time and then the main producer was the only guy that didn't say anything he was just standing there Silhouetted against the sky, his hand on his chin, right? And finally, he spoke and he says, You know what we need here? We need a helicopter. And I just went, Wait, what? He goes, We need a helicopter. If we're going to do this, I want some shots from the air in a helicopter. And I just went, Yes, because that was one aspect I didn't think of a helicopter. I had mapped out all the rest in my mind, but not a helicopter. This told me we were on board, and so here we go. So that's the history of it. Now let's get to what it is. I shot my new special. It's called Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, just as I said, in the middle of the day, on the top of a giant hill, in the middle of the empty desert, and uh, it is different no audience I didn't want an audience because uh, I I didn't want to have to cater to an audience I didn't want people watching to have to rely on the laughter of an audience I think my my fans my audience is smarter than that and I just wanted my audience to watch it and find their own funny they don't need anyone to indicate for them or they don't need anyone to uh, help them figure it out my belief is that people will laugh at what they want to laugh at. And they don't need a, a laugh track as a guide. So anyways, needless to say, all of this is a giant risk. I went out, we went out, we shot this damn thing. I love it. I'm very proud of it. I can't wait for everyone to see it. And so I'm starting to roll out the, uh, you know, the, the PR on it now. Because it's coming out January fifteenth um, of twenty thirteen, right after Christmas, mid January, and uh, it's going to be available uh, digitally. It's going to be available in stores, and uh, we're not even putting it on TV. We're we're doing it. Uh, we're doing it the new way that people are doing this stuff, which is uh, digital downloads, and. Uh, You know, the old uh, DVD if you can't digitally download. So I'm excited. I won't tell you any more. I will let you know in the next few days I'm going to be posting some pictures from the special. I'm going to be posting a video teaser clip of the special. And uh, I'm super jazzed. I'm super jazzed to tell you about this. Harlan Williams, a force of nature, unlike any special you have ever seen. And uh, I don't even know what to expect. It could bite it. It could eat it. You could love it. I don't know. I'm just glad I did it. And, you know, I think comedy, like any art form, should be pushed. The art form should be pushed. And so that's what I did. Because why? It inspired me to do so. And I like coming up with stuff that's different for people out there in the universe including you so that's my little teaser that's my little build-up and I'll be talking about it more as uh, as we get closer but this is the first mention of it that I've uh, made to anybody out there and I'll let you know when those pictures go up you can see them uh, on my Twitter you can see them on my Facebook and uh you're gonna be able to see them on uh the new uh comedy podcast site all things comedy and uh it's going to be great, man. So I hope you dig it, and uh, that's it. I'm going to sign off there with that uh, little story about my new special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, January 15th. And uh, that's all we got. Be sure to uh, join on my Twitter site, at Harlan Williams, or uh, Harlan Williams' official Facebook page. Um,. And uh, and there you go. We're gonna wrap it up right here. Uh, look forward to seeing who wins the uh, the erection. And uh, and uh, that's it. Uh, until next time, my funny little fuzzy friends. This is Harlan Williams saying, "Chicken Chow Mein, baby."